in Halo. It's fine. <clears throat> cool. Hello, and welcome to the 10,000 Kilometer Podcast. I'm Richard Frazier, and this is Nick Harnett. Hello. A few years ago, I set up the 10,000 Kilometer Cycling Collective with the aim of bringing together like-minded people around the world that believe that it's not about going fast, it's about going far. It turns out that a lot of people subscribe to that credo and that it extends far beyond riding a bike. Each episode, we want to introduce you to some of those people. They might be cyclists, but there's every chance they won't be either. What connects them all is their worldview. In our first episode, we sat down to talk with Nick Frendo. Running his own cycling travel company, Summit, for the past few years, has allowed him to ride some of Europe and the world's most phenomenal cycling spots, as well as introduce them to others. As well as speaking about the places his bike has taken him, Nick also talks incredibly honestly and openly about his battle with depression, something that, until very recently, he kept to himself. Nick, hey, thanks very much for coming in and uh, having a chat to Nick and I. My pleasure. Uh, we just wanted to, well, start at the beginning, or at least the beginning for me and for a lot of people and how a lot of people know you, and that's with Summit, your cycling travel company and what you guys have been doing, or you personally have been doing for how many years now? So Summit is now going into its fourth year. Wow. Right. So it was... Probably there was a day one summer where I got made redundant from another travel company. I got a phone call just saying, Can you come back to the UK? Had a meeting. Uh, and that meeting was unfortunately don't have a job anymore. So I had a panic trying to think what I could do. And a number of clients just said, Do it on your own. So I did, I guess. And here I am. Uh, so it's been an interesting few years. And how did you start? Was it literally just you and a bike and some form of transport? No, not, not so much. I've been, in, I've been in the bike industry in one form or another for 15, 16 years, yeah. something like that. Um, so I've worked in various shops. And then I got approached to work for, or I got asked to guide for a travel firm. So I did that, but it was just a, it was a long weekend. And it was on the, it was either on the tap or the bar And actually when they said, would you like to come and guide uh, and you're going to be in the mountains? I jumped at the opportunity. What I didn't know was uh, there'd be no cycling and I'd just be driving everywhere. Um, <laughs> but actually, I really enjoyed it. And then they invited me back on more and more trips. Um, and I got to ride with a few. And then eventually they turned around and said, would you be interested in coming on board full time? Um, and I thought, well, I could do retail or I could do this yeah. and go to nice countries and ride bikes. So that was it. Uh, I joined them and it was really nice for a few years, um, but then it seemed to change and it turned into, uh, rather than going on trips, it was more sales-based and I was in the UK, staring at a computer and on the phone and emailing people. And it also turned quite, you know, it was, how many people could we take to the tap? We want to take a hundred. How many people can we take to the right rock? And it went for a really cool boutique, high-end dish, 
uh, travel company uh, to just numbers, 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 numbers. And I kind of fell out of love with it. Yeah. But then I got approached by another company to set something up. You know, I had apparently I had free reign to do what I want. And I wanted to take it back to this, you know, smaller boutique, very personal uh, service. That didn't quite work out. As I say, I got made redundant after a season. And that's when I started Sonnet on my own. It was an idea I had. I wanted to go traveling and I wanted to take people to the kind of places that I wanted to go to. Very self-indulgent. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not about how many people can I take to places or... I'm not looking at data, I'm not looking at, I don't do training camps. It is, let's go ride our bikes somewhere nice, um, eat good food, yeah. and actually take take it in. You know, There's no point going to somewhere and you're just chewing your stem for a long weekend. <laughs> you actually want, I want to show it off. Yeah. So you know, that's kind of the idea behind what I do. And how, how do you choose those places or how have you chosen those places? Is it? Again, pure self-indulgence. Yeah. You know, I've wanted to go somewhere. I've gone somewhere, I've researched it, I've fallen in love with it and thought other people would have come here. Yeah. You know, I've done I've done a lot of the I suppose the, the gateway stuff. So, you know, someone's probably they've wanted to go to the Alps or they've wanted to go to New York or they've wanted to go to Girona. And hopefully I pick them up once they've already had that introduction. Yeah. So they like the idea of travelling, they like the idea of the mountains, but they want something a bit different. But they want to experience something. Yeah. Mm. So for me, places like Girona, for example, uh, the riding's incredible. There's there's so much variety. You could be, you know, you've got these coastal roads that are just stunning. And then you could be up the mountains in no time. Mm. Or you could almost be in, like, rolling hills, the countryside. And it's super quiet. Mm. You know, the busiest time in the summer, uh, so June, July, and bits of September, where there's just hundreds of cyclists in the town centre, get out the road, you hardly see anyone. You're not coming down descents in a queue and you're not you're not sort of having to avoid cars and, and traffic all the time. Yeah. As soon as you get you know, you can leave Girona in about three, four, five directions and you don't see yourself, it's incredible. Um, then you get back and then you've got the coffee, the food, the culture in general. Yeah. So I like to go to places like that rather than the what's the best way of putting it? You won't see Mallorca, yeah. me in Mallorca at the hotel. Would you say that like, Mallorca is like that, like you're queuing to go on the mountain? If you look at uh, people on social media, for example, mm. and you see their photos or you know, they'll have a rant on Strava or whatever about, oh, I didn't get my PB because there was so much traffic or there were so many cyclists <laughs> or yeah. it was just too busy. So, you know, the hotels, it's amazing that it's, it's so well geared up for, yeah. for cycling. It's incredible. But then it kind of, it, it loses its edge for me, slightly. Yeah. It's it's a bit of a playground, but there's, you know, there's no exploring, there's no adventure, there's no... It will just um, feel so well-trodden or well-ridden, rather, cause, because it's so well-serviced, I guess. That. Yeah, and then all the hotels are brilliant. They've yeah. done a great job. And the island is set up brilliantly. Gerona's heading that way as well. Mm. So there's lots of services there. It's easy to get to. You know, you can, you can download all your routes from Strava. You can go on all the shop rides. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff you won't find and hopefully that's where people like me come in so I'll show you the stuff that you're not going to pick up off Strava or take you to the places where you know it's maybe not that obvious yeah, yeah. You know, there might be a slight little gravel-ish track uh, to get you over to the next climb or you know 
heading slightly further north. It's not Girona is not just about Girona itself. If you explore up in the Pyrenees, it's just amazing. Yeah, there's something like really special. I do. I find it in the UK as well. But as soon as I as soon as I find a route or find a location that I like to cycle in, I immediately want to share it with other people. And I suppose like you're in a position where you like you uh, absolutely right. I mean, there's something like really cool about like I had an amazing time cycling here. I want you to come and cycle it with me. Like it's, yeah, like, that's exactly it. And, and you know, this year I was lucky enough to explore parts of Switzerland. Yeah. And I want to take people to Switzerland. You know, yeah, yeah. the places that I I got to experience some of the climbs that you know they're as incredible and epic as yeah, every, yeah. anything you'll see in the Dolomites or yeah. you know the Stelvio, for example. No one's heard of them. Mm. You know, if you put a photo of like the Furka Pass next to the Stelvio, everyone's going to be gushing over both of them. Yeah. But they'll recognise the Stelvio and they won't necessarily recognise the Furka because it's not as obvious. Yeah. Uh, but it is just mind-blowingly beautiful. I mean, it's really clear, even just like, knowing you, obviously, but even just hearing you speak sort of uh, now, you have a very strong opinion or point of view on cycling and what you like about cycling and what, <laughs> yeah. you know, what is your bag and what isn't your bag and talking about experience over data and not chewing your stem and traveling and seeing places to step back to when you first got into cycling how did you actually get into it how did you get from no knowledge of the sport or not being involved in the sport to having such strong opinions and having such a point of view on it I don't know if I can answer that really I mean I've, I've been riding bikes <laughs> okay, fine. forever you know I dabbled in racing mm -hmm. I was introduced to you know, cycling proper by a friend and his dad when we were about eight or nine years old and he was off racing cross mm. and I had a crack at that at the time as well and I just you know I just loved riding bikes I guess it, it has been a conscious decision but I, like, what I'm doing now I've kind of almost drifted into yeah uh, and found something I'm really happy with and decided that's what I'm going to pursue yeah I guess that's it's, it's a hard one to do you think you even reject You've experienced things and rejected them or rejected parts of them along the way. So you say so you did a bit of racing and you dabbled here. Yeah, so I've I, I, I dabbled in loads of different aspects of cycling. Mm. Uh, I raced mountain bikes. I was a mountain bike guide in Sierra Nevada, southern Spain. Mm. I ended up smashing myself up two summers in a row and just realised that I wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, so I decided to keep my wheels on the ground yeah. and took up road cycling. And that it was just a way of, at the time, just just keeping fit. Yeah. You know, it's and then it, it, it developed into, I guess, a lifestyle. Mm. And then I moved into into the bike industry and got a job working at a bike shop. And then that over the years just progressed into moving onwards. Of, I guess becoming more opinionated on what I think I like. Mm. No, I know I like, but I think other people should like. And yeah, I guess that's quite a journey. I've, I've, I've just saying that I've rejected racing. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, never, I never even entertained the idea. I, I, think, <laughs> I think racing rejected me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, right. I, I, tried, I, I did one half, half a crit and I decided to reject it. <laughs> I rejected on what, it. On what grounds? Uh, it just wasn't for me. <laughs> but I purposely rejected it. Um, so would you say that you've made a, a career... Well, your passion has become your career. No, because I'm still very passionate about it. Yeah. So, um, the last thing I want to do is 
for Sonic to become the kind of business that just overwhelms me. Yeah. I, I, if I'm on a trip with someone, I've got to love it. Yeah. Um, and if I'm just, I mean, there's times obviously where I've got to do my accounts, and I've got to do mm-hmm. the website and all that sort of really boring stuff. But, you know, I don't want to lose, you know, I, I, I do this for a reason. I want to go and ride my bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second I feel like that's not happening, uh, something needs to change. Yeah. Um, and I need to get that balance right, I guess. And it's a tough balance to strike, isn't it? Because, I mean, I feel that, especially recently or in recent years, the kind of uh, thing that people have always banged the drum about is work a job you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life and all that nonsense. And actually, there's a bit of a backlash now and people are actually starting to say, no, work a job you love and you won't stop working. It will always be work. It'll always feel like work. So that kind of idea of balance that you're talking about there and how you actually strike it is really interesting because... Then, yeah, like you said, there must be times where you're doing something you love, but it, it feels like work, or I think or vice it's, versa. Uh, so even you know, if I'm at the top of a mountain and it's it's pouring with rain, yeah, uh, and we might be going really fast, we might go really slow. Uh, I always think this is much better than doing those bloody spreadsheets, <laughs> um, and that's the reward for doing those spreadsheets. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I, I never want it to, to overtake everything I do. The most important thing for me is riding my bike and sharing those experiences with the people that are with me. Mm-hmm. And what seems to have happened over the last few years, most of the people that come on the trips turn into friends. Yeah. You know, and I look forward to them booking up on a trip uh, because I know I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. Um, and because I'm having a good time, hopefully they have a good time as well. Yeah. Um, and that's the way it seems to work. Um, and you just build relationships with people um, and you know I think they trust me when I say okay so where are we going to go next year um, they trust me to deliver the right kind of trip for them because I know them yeah that's cool is there anywhere um, anywhere you haven't ticked off yet in oh, loads of places ride? so this trip I'm doing this year yeah um, it's uh it's all about where I want to go. Yeah. Um, so this is the trip that you're organising next year that's you hitting the road yeah. for so it's how two, long? There isn't really a time in there. Um, <laughs> how far? Because I want to, so it's, it's two and a half thousand kilometres at the moment. Okay. Um, at it, the moment. It, <laughs> it, could, it, it could. I keep getting these, like bloody Instagram. You know, I yeah. keep getting these passes in various countries coming up in my feed. I'm like... Oh shit! I've got to go and do that. that so no. so yeah, it takes sort of another. It adds another hundred k, two hundred k. So I wouldn't be surprised if it if it ends up at more. But the target's kind of two and a half thousand kilometers. It's currently at forty thousand meters of climbing, and it is just you know I've not done that climb for a couple of years. Or I've, yeah. I've definitely not done this one. It's how many could I just tick off for my own satisfaction? <laughs> And what, what's the route look at the moment, caveat with the fact that it will probably have changed by next week, but right now, where are you starting and finishing? So starting at Biritz mm-hmm. uh, and riding along uh, the Pyrenees, kind of towards Carcassonne. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to head up to Vontu. Uh, we then head a little bit east and we head up the Alps. Where we get to the Bonnets, we head right into the Oster Valley, um, across there. Then up into Switzerland and to Chido. Um, and then this is where I've thrown in one of those. Oh, there's two passes up there. I haven't done those before. 
So we then sort of, we're almost on the, the Swiss-Italian border for a little while. Uh, then we kind of crossed the Umbrella Pass, the Stelvio. And then <clears throat> the idea originally when it was 2,000 kilometers was to head to Bolzano. Bolzano is still the finishing spot, but I'm actually gonna do it via the Dolomites. Uh, so that I've ticked off, you know, a lot. Yeah. Um, so how many countries will that be in total? France, Italy, Switzerland, 73. Only three. Only three. <laughs> Only three on um, pedal. But I'm sure I could dip across a couple of borders here or there, or even yeah. start at San Sebastian would be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then right up. I'm just, you know, full of ideas at the moment. Uh huh. Um, and because it is very much for me, it, it could change dramatically. It could mm. go, you know, it could go longer, it could start somewhere else. But the route I've got in mind is pretty much, it's, yeah, it's what I want to do. Um, and that's going to be when next year? June the 1st. June the 1st. Okay. Yeah. And what's it in aid of? To June, to June the 3rd. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, two day rides. Yeah, until December. Uh, <laughs> um, it's in aid of November. Mm-hmm. Um, so the men's uh, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, uh, and mental health charity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking to raise as much cash uh, and awareness as possible uh, in aid of them. Yeah. And what has that? What's that been born out of? Is there a reason that you're doing it for November specifically? Yeah, so it's a it's a charity that really um, appeals for a number of reasons. Uh, the main one being men's mental health. Mm. Um, I've suffered with depression for a few years, uh, which led to two suicide attempts. Right. Uh, and this is getting a little bit difficult. Yeah. Um, this year's been actually been really good. So I, I kind of feel like I've, I've moved on, improved. Um, so this year's been good. But a few things have happened along the way uh, with friends uh, that kind of inspired me. So I, I kept everything to myself. I mm. uh, wouldn't talk to anyone about anything. Felt embarrassed, ashamed. And even when I felt like I was, I was in a good place this year, uh, I didn't necessarily feel the need to be that open about it. I thought, you know, I've progressed, I've, I've had help. Um, but there was still this weight, I guess, of, you know, I've not talked to anyone. Mm. My friends don't know, my family don't know. Oriana, my girlfriend, doesn't know. People know that I've, I've kind of struggled a bit, but not the finer details. Um, and, God, it was what, three weeks ago, maybe? <laughs> This is really the wrong way of putting it. I hope it doesn't offend anyone. But I kind of feel like I came out. Yeah. Um, and uh, I let, I, I spoke to my friends, family, girlfriend. I just said, you know, this is what I've been going through. And the more research I did, the more I looked into it, I decided I wanted to do something. November became, it was current, I guess, yeah, because yeah. I made that decision in November. Um, and it just seemed right um, as a as a charity they research or, or the funds go to research for topics that you know I feel yeah. really strongly about so uh, that's it's why it's an amazing reason to do it it's an, it's an amazing thing to start even remotely being open about as well um, I think that's another thing that I think there's a Molly Weaver talked about it last year in a pro pilot about how 
you know, she suffered with, with depression and um, how, you know, cycling was helping her and cycling, you know, just the act of planning. I always had the opposite experience. Oh, really? So That's for really me, interesting. So for me, I did use cycling as, a, a, this is a cliche, it was an escape. Yeah. You know, like, if I felt wound up or something, or, you know, I could go for a ride. Yeah. And, yeah, I would feel slightly better, but I would kind of, it would be covering the cracks. Yeah. Uh, but it got to a point when it was really bad that I couldn't go out on the bike on my own. Yeah. I was my own worst enemy, so being, you know, left alone for three, four hours yeah. uh, wasn't a good thing. I yeah. wasn't in a good place, and, and I would just start overthinking. So it wasn't an escape at all. It was a pretty horrible place to be. Yeah. It's changed. It's changed a lot. Do you mind be asking what might be a stupid question in that what, what's changed? Uh, what do you mean, sorry? You, when you say things have changed and... Well, no, I, no, so at one point I wasn't safe on my own. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, now I look forward to going for a ride. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know... Because I can't always come from almost... By, by kind of, you said it was almost like coming out, but by speaking about it, opened it up. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't really open up... Um, until about three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, a few people have uh, cracked me, I think that's yeah. the best way of putting it, but that's happened this year. So, you know, I have talked to people on the bike uh, a lot more than I used to. Well, I never used to, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> say anything or something. But I think the community, the cycling community in, in London in particular, has really helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've made a lot of friends this year, um, and I definitely talk more than, than I would have six or eight months ago. Yeah. And I think that that has helped me, you know, my personal life as well. Now I'm far more open than, than I was, and if I had, you know, met these yeah. people that I'm talking to, I still think I'd be a fairly closed book. Mm. Yeah. I think mean, it's one of the, you know, I, find, I certainly find out, like, talking on the bike to people is one of the best things about them and, you know about, about the fact that when we do laps in the morning like I try to, it's, it's slightly a thing but I talk to my um my my girlfriend doesn't cycle but when I talk to her about my friends and stuff like that she's like I haven't met them and I was like well because I spend like three hours a week with them in the morning like <laughs> just talking about nonsense on the bike mm-hmm. like you know the, the you, stuff comes out yeah, you know you some really good friends just by spending an hour in the morning like talking to someone like I've been it's, that, it's been my biggest I don't no surprise is the right word, but when I got into cycling properly in the way that I do it now, and when I set up ten thousand and sort of what it was meant to be and what I saw it as and how I was approaching it and everything, the one, well, there are many things I didn't expect, I suppose, but I didn't think that a byproduct of all of this would be this this mental health thing that 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 has been born out of it in that. I can't put my finger on exactly what it is. I don't know if it's the fact that you're doing something else that provides a distraction that allows your brain to wander or you're providing a platform for conversations to take place in a fairly freewheeling manner or it'd, whether it'd you're... It'd be fairly boring, to be honest with you, sitting mm. on a bike with someone for three hours and not talking. You can only make so much stuff up. Sure, yeah. but, but even then, that openness and that kind of... It's not an instant connection, but the connection that you create with people is way... I find it happens way quicker... 
one way or the other actually yeah, yeah. so like, you make your mind up on someone a lot quicker either way <laughs> um but that connection if it happens happens so much quicker than it does in sort of the quote-unquote real world i think i've never found as fast friends yeah, as I, I have in riding my bike and i just don't know what the formula is that's creating that i, I get it on trips where clients open up yeah and it's, it's been quite uncomfortable at times you know they're, they're kind of you know you might be going up this climb for an hour mm. and they're sort of you know, telling you things you're like I only met you I only picked you up yeah. at the airport <laughs> two days ago um, it's incredible it re- and it does it does break down barriers um, and a lot of the time you know you end up talking about stuff and it's not intentional but you just get led there yeah. and you know I found riding around Regent's Park you said to me a year ago you would be riding getting up at you know getting into Regent's Park at 7 o'clock in the morning not a chance yeah but the people I've met have made it sort of something I really look forward to doing. Yeah. And I'm not there to train, you know. Yeah. Um, there's lots of people that do. But I'm just there purely to ride my bike and be sociable, which for people who know me, they'll think is bizarre because I'm probably <laughs> the least sociable person <laughs> you'll ever meet. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, the 10,000 crowd in particular, there's, there's three or four characters that probably tip me over the edge in a really positive way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, in a really positive way. Yeah. Um, and I think if it wasn't for them and a few other people, I don't know where I'd be. Mm. Yeah. And it is, you know, cycling's been great. And actually since I've opened up, it's been incredible. Like the support I've had's been unreal. I think that's ultimately the surprising thing for me. I think that we're still, there's still that stigma attached. You talked about it before about the way you felt about the way that you were feeling you know you felt ashamed and sort of you want you didn't want to tell people about it because you was embarrassed there is still a huge amount of stigma about it and that stigma means that it's not really something that's in the public domain it's not people people are talking a lot more about it even the last two years i've noticed and you see yes. it and i think it's amazing especially at certain times of the year it's like the more that that happens the better but yeah the the, the conversations and the things that have come out of it and the people that I've met that have suffered in all different kind of manners and ways on, on this sort of really enormous spectrum um, has just been unbelievable. But it just shows you how how common it actually is, and how it's, many it's, people it affects. In it's so worryingly common. Yeah, the amount of messages I've had is 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 amazing and worrying. You know, it's it's yeah. there's so many people who've just said you know thanks for being so honest and open. And it's it's it is worrying about about how many people are struggling, and you just don't know. I mean, I guess you look at people looking at me who knew me, look at my social media feeds and stuff like that, and obviously I'm posting what I want you to see. So yeah. I'm not gonna you know post a picture of me crying in my bedroom. You just create this veneer, and then you live behind it. You know, everyone's when people do say you're okay, you're just like yeah, I'm fine. What what should happen? There should be a no, are you really okay? But it never does, because you just, you know, I'm fine, and get on with it. Yeah. But actually you're not. You're yeah. a really horrible place. And do you think that social media is, was a contributing factor? Is it part of the problem, or is it just a good example of what's happening? Like, there's a really nice way of putting I don't it, know, hiding behind a veneer. I don't know if it was part of the problem for me. Yeah. Uh, I can understand why people have a problem with it. Yeah. I, get, I, I use it for... A, for a specific reason, you know, that's to create this 
you know, obviously my brand, but also myself to a degree because I want people to come on trips with me. There's a lot of nonsense on there, but there's some really good stuff as well. And I think if you take it with a pinch of salt, then it's fine. I, th- I think people are, I think it's almost come to a turning point. Yeah. Or at least a lot of the people I speak to and I know that it's gone through a, people are, re- are realising how damaging it can be if you don't take it with a pinch of salt. If you yeah. kind of, if you take all social media for face value and think, oh, I need to be like that, or cyclist, or I need to, I need to be, you know, you know, riding with those people or having that, this isn't talking about cycling specifically, but mm-hmm. it's come a bit full circle now that people are actually realising, well, actually people, you know, you're going in with People the I'm quite happy riding like once a week around Regent's Park. At, you know, I'm not there for training. I'm there to hang out and talk to people and you know enjoy the social aspect of it. I don't have to feel pressured into going out and doing hill reps, or whatever that I was doing a few years ago. Because mm. I hated that. But. <laughs> but even with the whole what you're trying to create with ten thousand, you know, you turn up on a ride and whether it's at Regent's Park or one of the longer rides that you've done, I mean that's. I think the first time I met everyone, you were doing London to Brighton, and uh, you stopped off at my house, or the route went past my house, and I <laughs> came out of my garden gate and joined in for a little bit. Um, and then we did the Christmas ride. You made bread and butter pudding. There was that. Well, technically I didn't, my sister did. Okay. Um, <laughs> but don't tell That's me. the bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exclusive. Uh, <laughs> and it was just, you know, I, I didn't know anyone. Yeah. But I had a great day out on the bike. By the end of it, I did know for you and have continued relationships with those people as well. Do you think that's it? Going back to my point before of figuring out what this formula is, is that part of it? Is it that it's not anonymity, it's not complete anonymity, but every, maybe not so much on the more routine rides, but every ride that we, that I tend to organise and that we go on together, the weekend ones, there's new people. You'll see familiar faces, you'll see people that you saw on the last one or the one before or the year before. But every single time there's new people and you end up talking to them, you get into, you start to understand them. But there's that lack of preconception. You don't know anyone in the same way you know people in your day-to-day lives. You kind yeah. of leave the everyday behind a little bit. For a start, yeah. you've got to share the interest. Yeah. You know, you? But whoever's on the ride is there to ride bikes. Yeah. So immediately they're cool because they're riding bikes, <laughs> yeah. hopefully. So there's that kind of shared interest. You're both there to go and ride somewhere. So you obviously want to go see somewhere. Mm. And then you're stuck with that person for with those people for five hours, six hours, however long it is. Hopefully, you just have a good time. Mm, yeah. uh, and that's all it needs to be for me. Yeah. And even though you know, you can look at my website, the trips and stuff. You know, my rides aren't that much different to what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's going to be warmer, <laughs> uh, and there's mountains rather than Those hills. Clothes, yeah. But you know, the the whole ethos behind what I do is the same mm. it's just ride bikes and have a good time um, and I know I, I could be in Girona or the Pyrenees or whatever and if there was a 10,000 ride at the weekend you know it, I know no one's there looking at their Strava data I hope no one's there looking at their Strava data <laughs> I mean if they want um, to that's fine as long as they're not telling other people about it <laughs> yeah. I think it's um, it's it's I spoke about this before a while ago, but um, having that riding for the right reasons and riding a bike for the right reasons is is a is a big thing for me because I've you know I've been involved with cycling clubs you know bigger and, and small ones where it's become you know people there are people are there not riding bike for the wrong reasons but people are there. There's uh, lots of rules. Yeah, with rules and, and and attitudes which don't encourage other people to have a good time. 
and that immediately as soon as I stopped going on club runs with them because you go on club runs and I used, to, I used to come back thinking like did I actually enjoy that or was I like was I just like, you're kind of there but not really yeah there. There. like I met a few like a few good people through it but a few friends but there's a lot of people there who are, you know who aren't there for the right reasons I suppose and just want to show off their bike or show off the fact that they can do a you know, 1500 watts for three minutes or something like that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But it was, I used to come back and be like, like oh, do I actually enjoy hanging out with those people for the past four hours? Or were, was it just, you know, one big ego thing? And then that's why I was like, when I started riding with 10K, I was like, oh, actually, like, like, no one cares if you turn up in like ludicrous clothing or, I do. or <laughs> yeah, no one cares if you put your helmet on the table. Or, like, <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. Like we're all there to, we're all there to celebrate the fact that we're, you know, we've chosen this as a, you know, way to socialize and we're there for a good time. I think there's, 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 there's different horses with different courses, you know, there's yeah. people that love a sportive and there's mm. people who love the club culture. Uh, Neither of those are really for me, and oh, I've yeah. kind of found my place in you know what I love about it is is the social aspect, and you know you might have a, a day where you know all the all the fast boys turn up on the ride and, and you get spat out the back, but you know it was good, yeah. um, but generally everyone's there just to be sociable, yeah. ride bikes, so that's that's yeah you know, that's what I love. Yeah, I think because it was because I I mean slightly opposite to you, I was like. Before I started cycling, I was in a really tough place in terms of like my mental health and depression. I was in a job that I hated. Like I was waking up in the morning, like thinking, "What is what is the point of work?" Like I'm going to this thing that I hate every day, and I wasn't looking forward to any single part of my day. And I was like, "This is," and I use was using cycling as a way to because I had to think I had like anxiety and thoughts in my head all the time about like you know. Quite nasty stuff, but I was like, okay, I use cycling as, as the way to, almost clear that. When I'm cycling, I clear. Like, I a lot of people, a lot of people do. I, I, I don't know if I'm a minority that I just got in such a state where, you know, I would go out for a ride and think I could clear my head, but I couldn't. I think mm. I'm filling it out with more crap. But there were there were aspects. I think when I was in when I was cycling with the club and cycling, going weekend runs when when it wasn't. You know, it wasn't the best atmosphere. That's when it was a bit like I lost my cycling mojo a bit. I was like, well, actually, am I doing the right thing and like just taking up my weekends with cycling and should I be spending a bit more time with my girlfriend? Perhaps that'll make me feel better and that's the, things like that. And then it's only when it kind of you, I, know, I changed my attitude a little bit and like, discovered other bits of sport that actually like, oh, this is positive. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, it blows my mind. That especially because it's it's one thing, right? It's riding your bike. And that could be enough in and of itself. It's just so great that it can actually provide like these extra layers, like that sociability, the experience factor, the discovery factor. There's just all these extra layers that can go on top of it that make it such an amazing sport. And it's why so many people buy into it. And when they do buy into it, they tend to buy into it hard because yeah. it's you just realise that you know. To motor transport. You've got to spend more money. You've got to have <laughs> You've got to be cooler. But seriously, you know, it's it's you can go to all these amazing places and you can see new places as an ex- an excuse to go to those places as well, and then see them in a way that you would never see them in any other mode of transport. If you saw it on foot, it'd be different. You wouldn't go as far. You wouldn't go as high. You wouldn't 
see as much if you went in a car it would all fly by too through quickly. So quickly you wouldn't necessarily understand the lay of the land quite literally there's just something about riding your bike and then you can do that with friends and you can stop off for an hour and a half at lunch contract gouts basically with what you eat and drink and then keep going for another three hours for the most part it's not the most comfortable heading up some of those hills but you can't do that with a long distance run well maybe maybe some people can if you train yourself just thinking back to what you're saying about social media um, as the most positive thing that's happened with it is I've met you guys yeah. Yeah. So I saw a tweet about ten thousand, however many years ago it was. Must have been one of our only like three tweets. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I've met people, you know, all around Europe. Uh, you know, followed them on Instagram. They said, "Oh, I'm going to be in Switzerland. Are you nearby? Yeah, well, let's go for a ride." Um, or I'm going to be in this part of Spain or France or whatever. Um, and I've, you know, just met so many cool people. Yeah. Through social media. Yeah. Um, with the rides in June, is it, uh, is it a fundraising thing? Is it, or is it more about the uh, raising of awareness? Or is it, is it 50-50? It's, it's everything. Mm. You know, it's, yes, I want to raise as much money as I can. Uh, but also, you know, if me just talking about it gets someone else to talk to a friend or seek help or you know know that it's all right to talk and you'll feel a lot better for it um then you know the money's irrelevant um the more people open up and you know don't put themselves in the position i was in great that's all i want yeah. um that's amazing yeah and it's gonna be quite a nice bike ride as well <laughs> i'm sure it will be but on your own, two and a half thousand kilometres is quite... Strictly quite speaking, I'm not on my own. Okay. Um, so Francis Cade is going to ride with me. Okay. And poor guy. Yeah. Like, uh, poor guys, both of you. And Two. we've got we've got the car as well. Um, so, so you're driving it? <laughs> no. No, I've got Camille with the driving and, and do the photography. Amazing. Um, so we're, we're supporting. It's not an adventure. Um or not an adventure style TCR sure. type thing. Yeah. There's no bike packing. So, you know, there'll be days where you won't be feeling rubbish. Um, and rather than getting to a really horrible place and stress myself out and think, why the hell am I doing this? Yeah. I can just stop. Yeah, yeah. There might be days where I'm feeling great. You know, if it means going and I could do a 300, 350 day, I'll just keep going. Sounds ideal. Um, I love that though because that's reflective of what you love about riding and it just shows that the ride's for you, right? You could be like, I'm going to do two and a half thousand kilometres and layer it over with another story of you're going to do it in this amount of time and this many days, it's going to be this many kilometres a day. It's like, no, if I want a day no, off, no, I'll the, take the, a day off and then I'll enjoy the next day after that but I'm going to ride from beginning to end and... The first three days are pretty fixed because I want to go and see friends right. who are on the route. Um, catch up with a couple of people on the way then the rest of it you know the route is just the climbs that I want to do you know if it takes me an extra couple of days or if I'm going faster it's not really I'm only booking up accommodation for one night out of yeah. about the first four mm-hmm. um, and even that's like a I'm not sure I might just keep going but yeah I don't I I don't want it to be, it can't feel like work. Yeah. 
Uh, and as great as my job is, and I love it, you know, I just want to be riding my bike and doing this distance and going to these places. Uh, and it's not worrying about logistics and airport transfers and feeding people and, <laughs> um, and all that sort of stuff that I do on a daily basis. Yeah, it's part of it's a bit of a mental test. You know, if I end up in a few dark places in a few days, and I and I and I feel strong enough to get through it, that's the test that I've passed. Brilliant. Mm. The riding's just the rider, you know. Yeah. Um, we'll have a laugh along the way, eat some good food, uh, although Francis probably won't. And we'll drink coffee, drink a bit of wine, just have a good couple of weeks, you know. If it, and if if I decide that I'm still feeling good, I've got another 10 days afterwards clear, I'll just keep riding. Nice. Amazing. And it, it's got a name, hasn't it? Yeah, it's the big summit AFCO. Um, so, AFCO? Yeah. Another fucking growth opportunity. Um, In every sense of the words. Exactly, yeah. Um, so obviously the first part's, you know, we're riding a lot of big summits. Yeah. And it happens to be the company game. Um, and someone mentioned AFCO to me uh, last week um, and I was just like that's a way that's exactly what this is mm. you know it's a chance for me to to grow improve uh, see how well I've recovered and how far I've come so it, it nails it really is AFCO uh, kind of widely used acronym I don't think it's that widely used okay. no uh, it's I think it's jargon somewhere I think it's no I think it's his particular therapist oh really um, uses it um, he's a very interesting guy <laughs> um, but yeah I, I, I did a bit of digging couldn't find an awful lot on it uh, but I just I loved everything about it Fits. Um, yeah and you've obviously got the support of Movember already yeah so um, I've had a couple of meetings with them uh, they love the idea. Uh, they've been super supportive. Uh, they're going to help me with uh, some PR and getting word out there. And I'm, I'm going to host a couple of events and rides in London. And it's it's all very new. So this really only it's been three weeks. So I'm still unraveling ideas yeah. in my head about what I want to do. Uh, but my member have been great and really supportive. And it's really cool to be doing this for them with with their support yeah. amazing nice. and if people want to find out about how to get involved in those rides or um, follow you when the time comes or in the run up to what's the best where are the best places to find you uh, and find out about it I guess you know Instagram is going to be the number one uh, Francis will put stuff on YouTube I'll, I'll probably dabble with Twitter uh, good luck yeah <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get my head around it um, and at the website you know I'll be doing uh, regular journals uh, you can sign up for the newsletter on the website as well uh, which I've been saying for ages that I probably should do a newsletter um, but, <laughs> that's actually uh, a selling point though you sign up for the newsletter you don't get much in your inbox no, no. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah, might yeah, get I won't, one I won't, yeah you <laughs> might get one <laughs> I won't hassle you just because I've forgotten to do it um, yeah that's the best way um, Instagram and uh, I guess the newsletter uh, but I'm figuring a lot of this out in, in my head at the moment it's at Sommet S-O-M-M-E-T dot C-C yep uh, so no 
Instagram uh, is Nick Friendo. Yeah. Uh, or Summit Cycling. Twitter's the same as well, as is Facebook. The website's summit.cc. Thanks so much for coming in, My pleasure. for chatting to us, yeah. being so amazingly open. That's it for this episode. Stay tuned for further podcasts with stories and discussions from Water Collective. Thanks to Nick for being so open about his challenges and adventures. And if you want to find out more about Summit AFCO, you can find him at www.summit.cc. That's S-O-M-M-E-T dot C-C. As always, you'll find us in the usual places online. And for the most up-to-date routes and stories, hit us up on Instagram at 10,000kilometers.cc.